0: In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about optimizing your life for eternity. Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the show that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians, and I'm your host, Regan Rose. You know, people try to optimize their life for a lot of different reasons. Maybe it's for money. Maybe they try to optimize for success. Maybe they try to optimize for pleasure or for comfort, but as Christians, We need to make sure that all of our efforts are put towards improving our lives, not just for the here and now, but for eternity. When you optimize something, you're trying to make it the best it can be at a particular thing. So if you ran a factory and you were trying to optimize the production of a specific part, You're, you're picking a feature, picking an aspect of it that you want to improve. Maybe that's the quality. Maybe that's the durability of it. Uh, maybe it's the look of it, but when you optimize, you have a goal in mind and people talk about optimizing your life and trying to become more efficient at something. But you need to be more specific than that. We need to actually optimize our lives with an intended aim. And what should that be? Well, it should be for eternity. But what happens sometimes is we don't actually think about what that specific thing we should be honing ourselves for is. And so we borrow from the world. We optimize our lives for physical fitness or we optimize our lives for financial success or reputational success. And we don't really think about why we're actually being more productive. We don't even think about what the end of all of that is. We just do it to do it. And maybe that's why you're watching this show or listening to this show is you want to be more productive and you happen to be a Christian. But the point I want to make today is the thing that you are optimizing for should be radically different than the world. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ. When I was in college, I knew this guy, he was more of a passing acquaintance than a friend, but I remember sitting down with him one time and he was explaining life to me basically. And he said, you know. If you have a cool car and you can play guitar, you can get any girl you want, which, you know, is patently not true, (laughs) but I thought it was really interesting that he had basically boiled life down to a formula and he had learned to play guitar and he had a pretty cool car actually. And the reason he had those things, he admitted to me was because he really had one aim and that was to get girls. He had optimized his life for this one specific thing, because he thought that that was kind of the aim of everything. That's how he's going to be happy. That's going to, how he's going to have the most fulfilling life optimize to get girls. And it's the same way. If you're building a piece of software, you might have all these fancy features or cool little animations that happen when you click different things, but. You have to decide what you want to optimize for. Do I want this app to be fast? Let's say that's the thing you're optimizing for speed. If you're optimizing for speed, that means you might have to give up the cool animations. You might have to actually get rid of some of the features that don't contribute to the main part of the app because you want it above all to be fast. That's optimization. That's what we're trying to do. And in the world of personal productivity, what we're really doing is we're trying to optimize to become more efficient with our time. That's one of the main goals. There's a lot of different aspects to the world of personal productivity, goal setting, um, you know, time management and all things like that. But we're trying to really be more efficient with our lives. We're trying to optimize them. Really? I heard somebody describe how our time and our lives is allocated as a messy jigsaw puzzle. So you might have a big chunk of time here that's given to exercise. You might have a big chunk of time here that's given to reading your Bible or another one, a massive chunk for work or for family. And in between those jigsaw puzzle pieces are these huge gaps of kind of wasted space, they're not snugly fit together. And what those little pockets of air between each of those are is unredeemed time. And so as Christians, like I says, in Ephesians five, we're trying to redeem the time for the days are evil. We're trying to make the most of what we've been given. And so how we do that, how we optimize our lives is removing as much as we can of that in-between piece so that how we're spending that time is actually going towards things that we value, that are important, that do count for eternity. I saw recently that someone had done a study about how much time people waste. And the number they came up with was that. People waste 21.8 hours a week on average. That's like a part-time job. That's more than a part-time job, just wasted. I have on my phone, uh, it's an iPhone, it has like the screen time report and it gives that to me every Sunday. And it's so depressing to see hours and hours and hours of my time goes into just scrolling social media. And I try to put things in place to try to make that better and get that number a little lower each week. But when you actually quantify how much time we waste, you realize that we really aren't redeeming the time not like we ought to but if you're going to redeem the time if you're going to optimize your life what are you going to fill that time with you know i i'm just trying to encourage you don't just rush into it and say well if i'm more efficient with my time i can get more work done okay that's true i guess but what kind of work work for your job are you trying to do a second job Are you trying to do a little side hustle Are you trying to have more time for exercise? Are you trying to have more time with your family or more time to study the Bible or more time for church activities? What exactly are you optimizing your life for? That's the big question. If you're going to redeem the time, what are you going to do with the extra time you redeem? And my suggestion is you should optimize it for things that would tend towards eternal reward. This is actually exactly what Jonathan Edwards did, the famous Puritan pastor. He had these 70 resolutions and he talked. Most of them had to do with how he was going to spend the life here now. So that it counted the most for eternity. Listen to his uh, 22nd resolution. Edward says resolved to endeavor, to obtain for myself as much happiness in the other world, he's referring to heaven as I possibly can. With all the power, might, vigor, and vehemence, yea, violence, I am capable of, or can bring myself to exert in any way that can be thought of. Well, that was a very uh, complete thought, wasn't it? (laughs) What's he saying? Well, he's weighing things. He's thinking, okay, if there is an eternal life, if I am secure in my salvation in Christ Jesus, and on the other side of the veil of death awaits for me an eternity, And if the quality of that eternity, like the eternal rewards you receive there are contingent on how you live right now. Well, then the smartest thing to do would be to optimize your life now to gain as much heaven as you possibly can. In fact, you see this mentality in plenty of Puritan and reformed writers where they're talking, not in terms of like we talk now with modern personal productivity or optimization or efficiency, but they're talking about how do I live a life that matters? Uh, C T Studd has a famous poem. I'm sure you've heard this line of it before. He says one life twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. It's a good little thing to kind of lodge in the back of your brain. Our lives are short. Scripture's clear about that. They're a vapor. We're like grass. It comes here and then it dies. It's very short, but what matters is being faithful in this life so that we glorify God, but glorifying God is just one side of the coin. The other side is our eternal reward. When I bring God glory. I honor him, but I also earned for myself eternal reward. And that seems kind of like mercenary sometimes. Uh, John Piper has done a lot of great work on this subject about how God's glory and our joy are really coextensive, meaning uh, the more I glorify God, the happier I will be in eternity because God really is my reward. Just go read his books. But you know, you see this optimization toward eternal reward in the characters in the Bible. This is a very clear principle. It's not something I'm making up or John Piper made up the fact that believers in God are motivated by what the reward God gives them is not a mercenary attitude. It's nothing crazy. It's literally what it says in the Bible. You remember Abraham, he's called from Ur of the Chaldees to go and follow God. Why on the basis of a promise. On a promise that God was going to multiply him, make him great, make him a great nation, that he would give him a land. He followed a promise. Well, that's how faith works is we trust in God's promise. He says, if if you do this, it will go well for you. And we do it by faith, trusting that God will fulfill that promise. Well, on the other side of that fulfilled promise is exactly what he promised. It's reward. It's that it is good that we believed him and we walked by faith in this life because he is a rewarder of those who follow him. This is how Hebrews summarizes the life of Abraham and his walk of faith. It says in Hebrews 11:8 through 10, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going by faith. He went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob heirs with him of the same promise for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. Abraham, his, he's the example of faith because he trusted God's promise and not just the temporal promise of that. God would give him a land, but the eternal promise that there was a kingdom. There was a city without foundation. There was a heavenly kingdom whose designer and builder is God that we look forward to, if I'm going to be a productive person, I want to make sure that that productivity is aimed at a goal. That's more than just, you know having a six pack or getting a promotion at work. I want to live a productive life for the sake of eternal reward. And that's a good thing. And that's how God designed it to work. And this really, this is just what it means to have faith. Let me give you another verse. This is Hebrews 11, six, which is right before the verse I just read to you. It's describing faith it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Do you see that part of saving faith in God is not just believing that God is real, but it's believing that God's a promise keeper, that to follow him will result in eternal reward. And that is salvation. Of course, forgiveness for your sin, justification, eternity with God in heaven, but it's also the, the treasure that he gives to you. And I don't know about you, but I want the most of that I can get. Not simply because I'm greedy, but because I know that that is what most honors God. You remember that? the description of us in revelation of us casting our crowns before God, those crowns that we got remember right before that, it's telling us that we get crowns because we were faithful because we trusted him because of our works. God rewards us in heaven believers. And then we turn around and use those to glorify him all the more. I want the most crowns I can get. I don't know about you, that's what I want. And so I want to optimize my life for eternal reward. That's how I want to live. Just like Jonathan Edwards, just like Abraham, just like the apostle Paul. Let me give you one actually from the apostle Paul. He says in Philippians 3, 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. That's how he thought about it. Life's a race. I'm running it. I want to optimize. I want to be in shape. I want to cruise. I want to go fast because I want to hit that finish line and I want to win the prize. Optimize your life for eternal reward. Can I tell you a little secret about this podcast, this little show? It's not really about personal productivity. I call it redeeming productivity, but w- what I am doing is I'm hijacking the language of productivity from the world, and I'm trying to present to you a vision of Christian faithfulness of, of a life lived for God, which works in the modern world. I, I, I want to show you what it looks like for a Christian to follow Christ today, uh, because sometimes we talk about faithfulness and it's kind of this far off thing. You think, well, maybe if someone tries to martyr me, uh, then I can worry about faithfulness. Like I can, you know, I'll stand up for Christ in that moment, but Christian faithfulness, a life where you're actually following Christ. It's lived for us in the office, in the home, in the basement of our in-laws. It's lived day to day, moment to moment. That run, that race Paul described, isn't on some great racetrack. It's the simple day to day moment by moment life we live. And when we talk about productivity, all we're trying to say is let's focus our lives. Let's try to remember every moment counts for eternity. Right now counts forever. That's all we're trying to do. And so we want to optimize, we want to be better. We want to constantly be trying to make more of this life for God's glory. That doesn't mean beating yourself up. That doesn't mean, you know, trying to act like you're a machine. Of course you need to relax. Of course we need to enjoy things and we can do that to God's glory too. But it's a conscious awareness that right now matters and I want to make it count always because life's so brief and God so deserves it. This is why I love. Hebrews 12, one, I absolutely love this passage, you know, it, I know, you know, it. if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you've heard this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great, a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin, which clings so closely and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us. That happens today. That happens every morning when your alarm clock goes off and you say, I'm going to stay in bed or I'm going to get up. It happens at the gym. It happens on your commute. It happens in the church parking lot. Faithfulness is the way we live every moment and that we need to constantly be striving to become better at more faithful, more efficient, more optimized for God's glory and for eternal reward. The Christian life is not made up of two or three grand acts of valor that you exhibit at some point in your life. It's the habits you perform every day. It's the way you treat people. It's being in the word. It's praying. It's simple. It's small. It's day to day, but it has internal importance. It's scheduling appointments. It's getting tasks done on time. It's keeping things organized. It's little stuff done to God's glory for which he will look down and say, you walked by faith. And he will reward you. And so I would encourage you, walk by faith, live the Christian life, do it all for God's glory and for your eternal reward. Optimize. Well, guys, that's all I have for this week. I just wanted to kind of do something that was encouraging, hopefully spur you on a little bit. Before you go, if you're not a subscriber, please do subscribe, whether you're watching on YouTube or on your favorite podcast player. Um, I have new episodes every week. And also, thank you. Big shout out to my Patreon supporters. Appreciate you guys as always so much. Uh, I have 21 Patreon supporters, which just shocks me. I know that might sound small to like other people of a bigger platform, but that that's just amazing to me that 21 people believe enough and, and, and appreciate this enough that they would give some money to, to help it. So thank you, guys. Uh, if you are a listener and at all, want to help support the show financially, check out patreon.com slash redeeming prod. Uh, for as little as three bucks a month, you can help me keep producing these. Also, I have a newsletter. If you're interested in seeing different tips, how to become more productive with your life. uh, If you want to hear about new kind of reviews of of books, technology, things like that, and also just roundups of different links from around the web that I think will be helpful to you in your journey to becoming a more productive Christian. Check out my newsletter. It's redeemingproductivity.com slash newsletter. It's totally free. You get it once a week, and it's just packed full of content. I'm just trying to make it the best email you receive every week. So do check that out. And I think you're gonna like it. All right, guys, that's all I have for you this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Patreon supporters. And I will see you again here next week. But until I do remember this in whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God.